old ones that don't know. Um, we can't get up to that song. Harrison, you got no get up in you, brother. You got no Michael Jackson left in you, people. I love the way Katrina leads us in worship because she starts talking, then she starts singing. Come on, we're going to sing it again. Mm -hmm. Huh? I mean, she was J.J. Trump. I'm like, Luther Vandross is here. <laughs> Secret Club, y'all know what I'm talking about. All the old people in the room are like, that's right. John and Gil. Y'all don't even know. Y'all are going to Google him. It's all right. This is like great stuff. I mean, literally, I, I can't, when people can't control themselves in the Lord, that's when you just know the Lord means something to you. That's what I love when you're up here doing it. You just let yourself go, and you see a different side of somebody. Don't you love that? Oh, y'all were sitting out there this morning, like, what are you? Did you step like three in the morning watching, you know, SpongeBob or something? What are we talking about here? You know, the bottom line is that when you get in the Lord, things go totally different. You're sitting out there, and I know what you're thinking. You're, you're thinking, well, okay, this is just who I am. I'm a Christian. I'm following the Lord. I just want you to know something. I used to sit there, too. And I used to sit there and say, God has nothing for me. You're, I, I know what you're saying. You're, you're saying, I don't know where I am. But I want you to know that if you'll take your life and throw it with all you have into the Lord. And listen, I want to say this. God will humble you greatly before he uses you greatly. And there is that season in Galatians 1 where there's a desert in our lives. But I promise you, I never thought I would be doing this. But God will do it if you're willing to submit. He'll do something totally radical that you've never seen. But we just have to be willing to press in. You're going, John, I, I've never seen myself appear. Oh, you might be. You've got to remember something. Let me just remind you about me. God uses the foolish things of the world. To confound the wise. See, I didn't get any amens on that. Thank you for that. I praise you in the name of Jesus. I'm not listening to you, Katrina. Mm -hmm. Well, all right, so Galatians 5. So I might start singing a little bit. And then you'll all leave and I'll be by myself. Galatians 5. So here is the big picture. Here's where we want to go today. Because of Jesus, two things are going to happen to us. You ready? Two things. The first thing that happens to us because of Jesus and the radical gospel that you're going to see in the scripture today. <coughs> the two things that, that are going to happen is this. One, we will live by the Spirit. And the second thing is we will walk by the Spirit. The first thing is we will live by the Spirit. That's totally different than walking by the Spirit. Living by the Spirit means this, that God has radically saved us and changed us tremendously. God radically did something and saved us. And now, something that was dead, we were dead to Him and He was dead to us. And we were living by a different spirit. All of a sudden, we become alive in Christ. So that's living by the Spirit. But then living by the Spirit means something has to change within us so radical that we walk by the Spirit. And then when we walk by the Spirit, there's an external expression of Jesus Christ. Expressed in what you and I read by the fruit of the Spirit. But make no mistake about it. This is not a virtue check this morning. This is a Jesus check this morning. This is not about us doing good. There's none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is no one good, Jesus said, but God alone. Make no mistakes about it. We ain't, never, will, never be good enough. There is no enough in our good to even make it good. All we get is good. So here we go. Galatians 5, verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, 
Debauchery, that's outrageous conduct. That's when the world looks at us and says, what? Idolatry. John Calvin said our hearts are continuous idol factories. And witchcraft. What is witchcraft? It's in rebellion. Hatred. Discord. Jealousy. Fits of rage. Selfish ambition. James says that's rooted all in evil. Dissensions. Factions. Envy. Drunkenness. Orgies. And the like. No, I'm just going to say this. I know. I love the Bible for real. I love when they say orgies, drunken. I like, just bring it. Just be real. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, if you read that at face value, you go, oh, so I have to change the way I live to appease God. I want you to know something, that we will never appease God. Jesus is the only one who can please or appease God. Because he is the one who accepted the wrath of God so that we receive the mercy of God rooted in his love. So I want you to know when he says live, live is a response to a work of God. Live is not in response to get credit from God. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no what, saints? The reason why is because we cannot legislate love. Charlotte. We, we cannot legislate self-control. Security. We cannot legislate patience. We cannot legislate joy. We cannot legislate kindness. We cannot legislate morality because you and I both know that what everybody does is they push, them, they push themselves to the legal line. Even we see that sometimes in our Christian viewpoint, people put things to the sin line. How far can I go when it's not sin? I would say we need to ask the other question. How far can I go to please Jesus? Because see, I don't take my eyes on, I don't put my eyes on what's the boundary line. I put my eyes on the one who separated all boundaries and destroyed the dividing wall in Ephesians chapter 2 by nailing our sins to the cross. And so now we have freedom in Jesus Christ. So the question today is, this is this a picture of Jesus Christ? The fruit of the Spirit is a picture of Jesus Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is how we walk in the Spirit, and the attitude to want to do those things is how we live in the Spirit. So where we're going today is because of Jesus, we live by the Spirit. That is, our hearts and minds are open because the spirit of the Antichrist that ruled in us was destroyed by the work of Jesus as we surrendered to his lordship and now we are made alive in him because death was separating us from Jesus and now we can walk in the spirit and express the image of God through these virtues. Those who belong to Christ are those who belong to Christ Jesus. Verse 24, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit 
And here's the key verse. Since we live by the Spirit, let me say it one more time. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step or walk by the what, saints? Spirit. We pray with you. Lord, I thank you so much for Katrina's prayer because it came from a place of just anointing. And God, I beg you. Thank you that Jesus would be seen today. You said if he is high and lifted up. Jesus said that about himself in John 3. He'll draw all men unto him. Lord, who are we? We can't draw anybody. We can't even fix ourselves. We even shocked at ourselves sometimes about some things that happen. But Lord, we pray today that you are seen. So I don't want to come with wise and persuasive words. I want to come with a demonstration of the spirit of power. And Lord, I want to say this, and I say it all the time, as the old preacher said, set me on fire so that people will come to watch me burn. Why? Because Lord, they don't look at the log that's on fire. They're captivated by the fire. They don't look at the twigs in the fire. They're captivated by the fire. So Lord, you are the fire, and I am just something that you choose to use to burn. So Lord, whatever you want to do, you do today, and we'll give you the highest praise and the highest honor and the highest glory because there's only one person who can unite everybody. There's only one person who can change everybody. There's only one person who can save everybody. And his name is the name above every name. And his name is Jesus Christ. And to him, all the saints say amen and amen what? Amen. So, verse 25. Excuse me. Yes, 25. Since we live by the Spirit, since we what, saints? Live. I want you to circle that word live. I want you to write it in in the scripture. I want you to do something with it. The word live means this. It literally means in the Greek. It means, it's a present tense verb. It means I am alive. My, my guess is, my conjecture, my surmise is that in this room, the vast majority of you are born again. You are alive in Jesus. We have been made alive by God invading us. See, we can't get to him. He's coming to us. As one person tweeted today, that Christian worshipers are the only worshipers worshiping a God that talks back. You see, today, we, we are alive. And there's something within us strongest. That's why you're even here. You're here because you're not satisfied where you are. And if you're satisfied where you are, then you need to go to Dunkin' and get you some donuts and get a little carb load. Don't get you a little protein load. Get your carb load, right, so you can get a little bit of endorphins fire and see what happens when the Spirit gives you some energy. Because God can do something. If we think sugar can get us going, though I like sugar. Jesus can stoke us and stir us up. It means I'm alive. It means to experience God's gift of life today. You and I, listen, I'm not talking about your breath. God is giving people that are headed to hell breath. It's called common grace in theological terms. It means even the people that are going to reject him, the people that will never submit to him, God is still good. And so we all have breath. I'm not talking about God got you up today. Let's just give Jesus some praise. Listen, I want you to know God got everybody up today. But he got us up as believers for something bigger. And to sit here and to say, this is the pinnacle of our walk with God. I want you to know something. I hope God radically rocks your world that you can't sit there and I can't stand here and be content where God has got me. Because God is bigger than where I am. And God is going to put us in places where we have to decide this. So we are, that's what it means here. Since we live by the Spirit, we are living by the Spirit. Luke 17, check this out. This is good stuff. Luke 17. 
points on being asked. Luke 17, verse 20. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke 17, verse 20. Conversation between Pharisees and Jesus. Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Check this out. This is good stuff. Come on, somebody. Nor will people say, here it is or there it is because the kingdom, check this language out from Jesus, because the kingdom of God is where, saints? Then it's in you. The kingdom of God is in your midst. When Jesus shows up, the kingdom of God is here. We have been made alive in a new kingdom. Yes, very rich big Josh Wright. Josh, I love you so much, man, because you know your dad can preach. If I can preach half what he can preach, I'd be excited. But let me just say, what I love about you, I actually, see, I'm a spiritual stalker. Don't judge me. I love to stalk people. I'm not scary, Jerry. But I, I stalked you from over there. So you never know who's watching. Right? Come on, local people, where's my peeps? Right? They don't, they don't ever know who's watching. And I watched you as Jacob was, was leading us and Katrina was leading us in that song. And I was watching you as if you couldn't get high enough to touch heaven because God had reached down and touched you. Now I know what I'm talking about. When God touches us, we can't reach far enough. Paul put it like this. Forgetting what lies behind, I reach. I'm not talking to this side. I'm over here. Uh, Paul said, forgetting what lies behind, I reach toward the goal, the prize. That means I can't get close enough to Jesus because in this presence, I will not be satisfied until he is fully behind and I am fully his. See, here's what's happening. We live in two kingdoms. Right? we got the kingdom of America. But I want you to know, there's none of us in this room that are going to bow to the kingdom of America when it says in contrast to the kingdom of Jesus. There's only one flag that unites somebody, and that's the Christian flag. I know what I'm talking about. Now, I'm not saying that no declares allegiance. I'm not saying that. Only take my words and twist it. Satan, I'm telling you, don't just say it. Trust me. Read scripture. He is the author of confusion. He's the prince of the air. So he takes our words and he twists it by the framework or they fix it. Maybe it's gone over in our life. Or maybe the facial expression I made or something like that. He takes it and twists it so we receive it from the beta fence. What I'm saying is there are two kingdoms we live in. Every one of us in this room lives in two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of man and the kingdom of Jesus. And Joshua said it like this, for me and my house, right? For me and my house, we will serve who? There's a choice that has to be made. And this world is ever coming more and more to a bigger choice. That is why we see all the radical division in this country. And don't think for a moment, oh my God, to go there. I'm going, doctor, I'm going there, Katrina. I'm going to say, okay, I'm, 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 I'm going to get ready to say some crazy stuff. Ricky, don't fire me. <laughs> don't you get up, Sam. I'm just kidding. Come on, we family. All right, here's what I'm going to say. So for all the capitalists in the room, you might want to take a step back for a moment. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Because I believe in the supremacy of God, and, and I'm reformed in a lot of ways. But I want to say this, that I believe in limited free will. Let me say what I'm saying. If God is the king, because wherever the kingdom is, the king is present. Are y'all tracking me? So if God is your king, if God is your king, and God is my king, then here's what's happening right now. Here's what's going on right now. So what happens is, if he's the Lord of my life, that doesn't mean he's the Lord of everybody else's life. Is that true or not? So, I was talking with a coach on this campus Friday, they were getting ready to leave. And this coach was going to be delivering uh, the chapel that night to the team. 
He was talking about situations in John, and he said, I mean, I need you to talk to him. He said, what do I answer people when something bad has happened to them in their life as a kid? Well, how do I respond to that? How do I, well, how do I respond to people when, and, and ultimately, you know what I'm going to tell you. The reason why bad things happen to good people is because obviously people have free will. And, and again, now, when I say free will, I'm saying it from a limited perspective, right? You really understand in America there's limited free will. Yes, we can go and try and become anything we want, but there are limitations to that because if we act outside of the law, we're going to get arrested. Are you tracking me? Right, so here's what I'm saying. Lord, help me be so safe because you know I'm pray for That was my prayer. Let's just pray without ceasing. Here's what I'm saying. When somebody does something heinous to you or to me, when somebody does something heinous, the question is always, where is Yeah, you've asked that. Why didn't God stop it? Let's go to it. Let's go to what happened. Let me, I've told you the story a thousand times, but let me paint it because I've told you. So let's go back to my, my family's law firm. Let's go back to one of the ladies who uh, took the hot curling iron and held it on her baby's vagina, uh, who was one years old, and held it there until she stopped screaming. Right? We've talked about this before. Let's go back to that. Here's the question. Where is who? Let me stop it. This is what I hear all the time. If God is good, why do you stop saying, here's what you got to understand. You're, you're, you're holding God, that question, is trying to put on God something he never said he was over yet. Oh, you got to hear me. This, this is getting really, it's going to get deep. Here's what's happening. What happens is, if somebody hurts me or attacks me, and I'm a believer, and they're not a believer, and I begin to question, God, why didn't you stop that? Why didn't you stop that? Here's what's happening. God is Lord over me, but he's not Lord over that person. So here's what I'm saying is, God is not, you're going to take this the wrong way, hopefully not. God is not sovereign yet over this person. And so for me to say, God, why don't you stop them? It's not that God doesn't have the capability to stop them, but God isn't going to stop them because he's not Lord over them. He's Lord over me. He said, where do you get that from? It says every knee will bow. It didn't say every knee has bowed. That's real good. And listen, when people do bad things, God isn't Lord over them. And so to say, God, why don't you stop it? You say, but John, that's an indictment on his supremacy. That's an indictment on his sovereignty. No, 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 no. God makes it very clear in Scripture that every knee will bow. They have not bowed yet. So this person is not under the lordship of Jesus. Therefore, they're not under the control of Jesus. We are. We live in the kingdom of God. They live under the kingdom of the Antichrist. Watch. This is really good. You see, if we get the kingdom, we get the king. Romans, we said the kingdom of God is in you, Romans 8, 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. We get the presence of the king living inside us, therefore we express his kingdom. So we live in his spirit. We, we are alive, made alive by his spirit. Uh, Christ made us alive by the spirit of Christ, and that's what's beautiful. Turn to, uh, I didn't add this up, sorry, this, uh, uh, Ephesians, um, Alicia, sorry, Ephesians 2, 1, go to 2, 1. Alicia, I'm sorry about that, I didn't, I didn't add it, it's my fault. Um, Ephesians 2, 1, just if you're in Galatians, just turn to the next book, it's real easy. Ephesians 2.1. Watch this. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Now, here's what happens. People think that we're dead. What that means is Christ is dead to us. We're dead to him. 
It doesn't mean that our spirit is dead. What I mean by that is, is there's another spirit living within us. Oh, if I had time to talk about the table of demons and the table of Jesus. And 1 Corinthians 10. Oh, if I just had time. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Look what it says. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So, do people who don't know Christ have a spirit in them? Yes. I didn't say possess, but yes. Study systematic theology, you'll see this. So what happens is, yes, but there's not the Holy Spirit. But what happens is, keep reading this, is where it's beautiful. All of us, all of us, all this is verse 3, lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. That's Galatians 5, starting in verse 19. It's talking about the flesh and the dissension and the factions and the drug and all these things. That's what it's talking about. Like look what it says, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Because there's a spirit working in the sons of disobedience that is not the spirit of Jesus. But because of his great love for us, who is rich in mercy, I'm sorry, his great love for us, God who is rich in uh, mercy, made us alive with Christ. Now I'm going to stop there. Oh, well, I'll keep going. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, we are made alive. So now we can live by the Spirit. We have the capability to live by the Spirit because the Spirit of God is within us. And so here's what Tony Evans said. The only way to know God is through the Spirit. God put His Spirit within us because that's the only way for us to know Him. Let me break it down a little bit for us. Look, look at John 4, 24. It should go up there. The Gospel of John 4, 24, maybe, maybe not. It says this. God is what saints? John 4, 24 says this about God. God is what? Spirit. And His worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. God puts His Spirit within us because what He is asking us to walk in, what He's asking us to walk in can only be spiritual. We are co-heirs with Christ. We are in union with Christ. And when we're in union with Christ, we as believers have the ability to, to share in the properties of what God gave Jesus on the earth. That's why we can pray for him. That's why we can pray for prophecy. That's why we can pray that God would do something in the midst of circumstances. That's why we pray God can take brokenness and make it right. God can do those things. In fact, this is one, John Piper said this is one of the clear statements in the New Testament of what a Christian is. Look at Romans 8, 9. This is one of the clearest statements of what a Christian is. Romans 8, 9. Romans 8, 9 says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. This is what it means. We are alive, live by the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. Now check this out. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to who, saints? The way we know that we're a Christian is we have the Spirit of God. So we're made alive in Christ now because the Spirit is in us. Now God wants us to move with Him. Go back to Galatians 5. This is where it all makes sense. Galatians 5, 24. Galatians 5, I'm sorry, Galatians 5, 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live, we've been made alive in the Spirit, now let's express the image of Jesus by keeping in step or walking by the Spirit. We can't walk by the Spirit if we don't have the Spirit. Does that make sense? 
So this is how we know that we are in union with Christ. This is how we know. And so I want to go with this passage. So what does this look like? What does union with Christ look like? Well, God says that he's going to do something when he makes us alive in Christ. Let me, let me this is what, now I've got, I got to put through this, but it's interesting. Uh, go to uh, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Go to John 15, 1 through 5. You already know this passage very well. You already know this. In fact, some of you memorized John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But let's look at John 15, 1 through 5. This is what it means to be alive in the Spirit. This is what it means to be alive in the Spirit. And the only reason I want to talk to you about this today for just a couple more minutes, and we're done. The only reason why is because you're going to wonder why God will not release you from some places you don't want to be. Can I talk to somebody for a moment? This is why sometimes God doesn't want you in a relationship or he won't let you release you from a job where you say, why am I here? What am I doing? Some of you might be in, a, in school here and you might say, what am I doing? Why won't God give me peace to leave? This is, look at verse one. This is how we know we're in union with Christ. Or I'm alive in Christ. Or alive in the Spirit. I am the true vine. And my Father is what? The vine dresser of the garden. John 15, 1. I am the true vine and my Father is the garden. To be in Christ means we're with the vine. But here, Jesus is saying his Father is the garden, the caretaker. And look what the caretaker does. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit... He proves so that you will be even more fruitful. So look what God's doing in our lives. When we're alive in Christ, when we are alive in Christ, God then asks us to walk by the Spirit. This is Galatians 5.25. To walk by the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit. And the way we do that is back in verses 22 and 23. For the fruit of the Spirit, that's why it's fruit, not fruits. It's not plural. It's fruit because all of those virtues Show us Jesus. And then he says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those nine virtues, they're not, they're not totally all of Jesus, but it is an expression of Jesus, what he's given us. So what I'm saying here is, is that God is going to put us in places. And, and when we're in relationships or in a job or in something that doesn't bear any fruit, he cuts it off. Here's, listen, I've been doing this thing for a while with some college students. Let me just tell you how it works. Here it is. If you're in a relationship that's not Lord, here's what happens. If that person becomes an idol in your life, you're going to end up arguing. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to start arguing. Then you're going to end up arguing more and more and more. And then it's going to get to the point where it's a scale of justice where you argue a little bit more than you don't argue. Because why? God is letting, God is letting the idolatry, the idol of the relationship, be your God instead of Him be your God. And so He is the one who holds all things together in Colossians 1. When He's taken off the throne, nothing will be held together. So He proves it. Or He cuts it off. And then when you're in a place that's forcing us when he's in, when we're in a place that doesn't have much love, but God is forcing us to produce fruit. Love. God is forcing us to produce joy. God is forcing us to produce patience. Can I get a witness from anybody that's an adult that sometimes God will put you in a job that you absolutely hate? The reason why is the only way that we can stay in that job or stay in that degree or stay in that place. The only way we can stay in that place is to get on our face with the Lord every day and beg God, God, you've got to do something in me. You've got to change me. You've got to do something in me. And then we stand up and all of a sudden, oh, hell breaks loose around us. And God says, go to the gates of hell and do something about it. And then our flesh gets tired because we're tired of being patient. We're tired of being all and giving love. We're tired of the ones having to walk into a room and produce the joy and everybody else is a bunch of dead beats. Am I, can I get a witness? You ever been at your house sometimes where people don't follow Jesus? A bunch of dead beats. Right? And you're the only one bringing joy in the house. You're like, let's go. Let's go. 
And so the only way that we can walk by the Spirit is for us to spend time with the Spirit. The only way for us, because God is going to continually, listen, God, I'm going to talk. I just want to say something today, God. Couch my turn. Okay, I'm going to hide behind the cross. What's the story? Okay. I'm codependent, so don't get mad at me. Can y'all hear me okay? Don't throw stones. Sometimes God keeps people at CSU where it's tough just because you'll be the only expression of Jesus that other people will see.
I will pray a plague on your head. And I turn around, and there's this lady who's probably close to my age. She's going off on me. Like you see hands flying, like you know what I'm talking about, the windows, the hands flying. And so I look back and I'm like, I didn't see you. And I'm trying to talk as if she can hear me. I didn't see you. I said, well, bag it. She's mad at me. I mean, it's just getting ugly. Like cars are coming the way they're stopping. It's going to start being seen. So I roll my window down. I said, well, I guess I better apologize. I roll my window down. She rolls her window down. And she starts going off on me, starts cussing about the person in front of me in the line, and that person jumped her, and she's going off and screaming at me, and evidently my mouth must have dropped 30 feet because I look like this. <laughs> and so I said, this is going nowhere. So I'm like, okay, and I'm going to pull out, and then she starts yelling at me, don't look at me like that. Don't look at me. I laughed and she was just screaming, don't look at me like that. And I said, Lord, if I ever have to preach this passage in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, I'll never do it again. Because I'm sick of showing self-control. <laughs> Don't ask me to preach this anymore. And yesterday, all day, I had to give self-control, self-control, self-control. And I'm sick of it. <laughs> so I'm not preaching this stuff anymore. But can I do something good? Like, you know, uh, the God you came and destroyed our enemies and all this stuff. And ransomed them and gave us money. Like, good things like that. <laughs> I'm telling you. God is going to put us in a place to express Jesus if we go hard after Jesus. There's no way around it. Now, you, you can go back home. You do what you want to do. You can, you, can, you can say, God, I'm alive in you, but I'm not going to walk by you. But here's what happens. When you're alive in Jesus and you don't walk by Jesus, you stop or you start forgetting who wins. You start forgetting the big picture and we get into relationships and jobs and financial situations where we start to question the future because we're not walking by the one who holds the future. Can we show that video, Robin? Lisa, can we show that video? I want you to see a video. And I think this will give you a little taste of what I'm talking about and our challenge to trust the Lord. Are we okay, Robin? With that, we're good. Let's go ahead and show. Well, I guess we're going to show. We good? I'm sorry. That's thumbs down. That's the thumbs up. That, this is like the whole point of the message. I'm kidding. <laughs> I feel See, another, again, another, I'm having to show patience. My point being this. Let's go back to Galatians 5 and we'll land. Rob, y'all tell me if it's ready. If not, don't worry about it. Galatians 5. Here's the landing of the plane. Verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Why? Because we are alive in the Spirit. Look at verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, that means we're made alive. Since we're alive in the Spirit, the things of the flesh are dead. That's back in verse 19. Look at 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality. Purity, debauchery, uh, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord. Those things are dead to us because we have been made alive to something better. Now we have a response today. Will we walk by faith and trust him? Let's check out the video and see what y'all think.
that you will strengthen our trust and our faith in you, Lord. I pray today that you would move in such a mighty way in our hearts that not even the gates of hell will prevail against your church as you promised they would in Matthew. Lord, I pray that you would wreck them in their heart because of their sins or the lives they can't face it. 